0: comes down to the season opener for Virginia Tech. If they win that game, then the Hokies are looking at a potential perfect season, in my opinion. And you know, then you can say the the p word uh, with playoffs. But I feel this as you being pessimistic, and all of a sudden you brought up a perfect season. In no way do I think they can be a perfect. Season. Well, if they beat Florida State, who on that schedule is beating? Welcome to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.
1: Welcome into the Yak Sports podcast your Augusta County Sports Podcast. Ready to hit it again. We have high school football, college football, ugh, and uh, volleyball to talk about, and a great interview with Angela Mickens coming up. But Joe, what are we talking about in the county?
0: Well, first off, before we get to the local stuff, Leland, I can't wait any longer. Uh, I've waited all weekend to do this. It's probably best for everyone involved that we didn't do an instant reaction like you and I have talked about maybe doing sometimes because I think might've been the end of the Yak Sports podcast, but, <laughs> uh, Virginia tech lost an old dominion 49 to 35 on Saturday. Uh, and you know what, Leland, I'll just start it off. I know you and I were texting during this game at points in the game and you were frustrated because of my negativity. And you said, I hate when your negativity is right, because I can't argue with it, but I also don't want to admit that your negativity is right. Um, So let me just go. And trust me, I'll let you, I promise I'll let you talk here eventually. But I've got some notes. Josh Jackson. (laughs)
1: First time, you have notes. Yeah, Josh Jackson, (laughs) eight of
0: 16, 151 yards. Uh, By the way, 72 of those on one play where most of that was yards after the catch, after the defender fell down. So you take away that play, Leland. He is in the fourth quarter with 79 yards passing against 0 3 Old Dominion, who had never beaten a Power Five school in the in their life, he is atrocious Now, that being said, I understand the news today he broke his leg. I don't want him to lose his job because he broke his leg. I want him to lose his job because he's not very good. Um, Hill dismissed as well in in the aftermath. We'll get to that more later. um but the defense gave up six hundred and thirty two yards to this offense. And it's inexcusable, in my opinion. They lost every one-on-one battle on the corner. Uh, They, Bud Foster didn't adjust. I I get your players are in the right place in your scheme. But hey, if the corner keeps getting beat, one-on-one coverage, maybe you put a safety over the top. I don't know. Uh, Just thinking out loud, maybe you try something different. You had no pressure on the quarterback the entire game. So either your defense disappeared or... I don't know. Uh, Well, I mean, Hill had one and a half sacks. He was the leading sacker on the team. Uh, And for the year, your best pass rusher. Again, not anymore. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe Florida State's the worst team we've played all year.
1: I I really do think they are the worst team we played this year. And I don't know what you want me to say. I like to be positive, and I have nothing positive to say about that game. It was embarrassing early on. Very early on in that game, I could tell no matter how it wound up, I was going to be embarrassed. I didn't know it was going to be the ultimate embarrassment. I didn't know they'd even tack one on at the end. I, I mean, I, it's almost like it's big game Bud. Like Bud shows up for the big games and gets us where we need to be. And and I'm not just applying that to the Florida State game. In years past, he gets us going for these big games, but then we do lay an egg against some bad opponents where we go up to Syracuse and lose, or we, or we lose to a Georgia Tech team that we shouldn't lose to. I know Georgia Tech – you know, runs the option and that's different, but like we've lost to them in years where we really shouldn't have lost to them. So I'm, I'm not really going to, you know, change my overall opinion about Bud Foster, but I, I I would like to see a more consistent defensive effort. And I think that's coaching. And I think that's getting the players up and ready to go. And, and I will say the coaches after the game were very putting it on them and saying they had to get them better ready. They had to have them uh, to be able to control themselves better, but it's just very disappointing. And and once again, we're looking at this game that's going to be the, you know, memorabilia on the wall of the stadium. Like when you go to JMU. Underneath the home stands, there's this mural of beating Virginia Tech. And now when you go to ODU, there's gonna be an equivalent mural there about their win against Virginia Tech. And sure, you can you can try to spin it in the moment that hey, you know, if you're somebody's you know best win ever, that means means a lot for you. But I'm I don't wanna any more of those. I'm comfortable with where we are on that list with those other teams. And let's let's just go in these games and dominate like we should instead of having these flub ups every t- every decade. And this is a different regime, and I thought we might be past that. Apparently we're not.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I thought we were past this too, and you're exactly right about Bud Foster. Not going to change my overall opinion. He's a really great defensive coordinator, but you're right. He has these games where what he's doing isn't working, and Bud Foster doesn't adjust. And that's, I think, the most infuriating part as a fan sitting there watching the game, watching your corner get beat one-on-one every time. And, yeah, like I said, there were multiple times where the corner is right there on his hip pocket, but the receiver's winning that battle. And if I can sit on my couch and see that, why can't Bud Foster, who's there at the stadium, say, hey, you know what? That kid's getting beat, so either I maybe I need to put another kid in or maybe I need to give him some safety help or something and nothing changed ryan willis came in right in the fourth quarter after jackson got hurt he actually looked better than josh jackson that being said mm-hmm. him being named the starter saturday is a nightmare um I, I don't know if i will watch this saturday because i might have another event going on at the same time which maybe is good because then i can't watch them lose to duke because if ryan willis plays they will lose to duke because again let me go back to my notes here leland in case people think I'm overreacting about Ryan Willis, here are his numbers at Kansas. In 2015, he completed 52% God, we're of his new, passes. No, no, hold on, hold on. We're
1: getting a new quarterback, and all you want to do is tear him down. Because he's think it'll terrible. Matter. It won't matter what quarterback comes in. You're just going to tear him down. Put
0: like, in Hinden Hooker.
1: You have, if the coaching staff The coaching staff think,
0: thought Josh Jackson was the best guy we had, and he's terrible. Ryan Willis is awful. Ryan Willis is a train wreck. I wouldn't have Ryan Willis on this they team. Him.
1: They see him every day. They see him every day.
0: I wouldn't have how, Ryan Willis on this team if here, we didn't have any other quarterbacks.
1: We're sitting here with mics in our faces doing landscaping or building construction all day, and we're trying to act like we know better who should be quarterback? I don't I don't think so. I'm going to trust that Ryan Willis is the next best option. I'm not going to sit here and bash this kid before he even takes you know a starting snap.
0: Okay, well, he has taken starting snaps. Let me let you know how that went. 52%. 1,718 yards, nine touchdowns, ten picks in 2015, 2016. Halfway through the year, Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks said, I'm "Okay, we've trust, had enough." Because I'm going to
1: trust our coach, who's brought along some fairly good quarterbacks in his past, knows better than us.
0: I tell you what, if he if he can make Ryan Willis a good quarterback, then he should be in the NFL because that would be a Herculean effort. Because this kid threw three touchdowns and seven picks in 2016 before Kansas pulled the plug on him and he wasn't good enough to play at Kansas because against TCU and against Baylor he had zero touchdowns and three picks you know TCU and Baylor teams that are totally defensive stalwarts out of the Big 12 where tackling is totally optional
1: all right Ebenezer Deck here like you just you just want to hate him you don't you don't um, care you, yeah you because i've seen him and
0: he's bad he is bad
1: he couldn't have gotten better
0: no Zero percent chance. He's playing against better competition. How would I respect him?
1: Then don't watch the game this week.
0: I might watch the game just so I can tell you I was right <laughs> again.
1: I will acknowledge that would be an again. Yes. Let's talk about something a little more positive, and let's talk about some teams that have been playing pretty good in high school football in our area. Oh, we're Fort gonna, Defiance <laughs> is one of them. Okay. Fort we're, Defiance is one of them. I want to jump off this. We're, we're gonna skip to over to the Tyree Hill. Okay. If we, we might have to come back to that. I just can't take any more negativity.
0: Blind we'll come back to it. I'll circle back to it. I got year. a way to connect back to it, so you go.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about some good high school football. Fort Defiance, they lost this week, but they looked pretty good in the process and I think even earned a, even a little more respect for me.
0: I was going to say, I don't think I've ever been more impressed with a team in this area after a loss. Uh, Fort Defiance showed some real athleticism at the corner position other than just sly who's the guy we we're used to seeing that from. Uh, they were breaking up passes left and right. They were in the quarterback's face. They were stopping everybody but Chase Crook. That kid had a big night for Rockbridge, and I think that was the big difference, in my opinion. But, the, but And they adjusted to him to a point. But, yeah, that nicely
1: kid on defense. I was really impressed with their defense, and I think you're hitting it hard for a good reason. Uh, they were all over the place, and that nicely kid was on tackles left and right. Very impressed with what they did defensively, and also really watching the adjustments that were made, and in the in-game adjustments, you know, the press coverage that came, and what how they were able to keep, you know, Rockbridge's best weapons out of the ball game. I mean, the only, the only time they didn't quarters. keep their best player out of the ball game is when he scored the game winning touchdown. So I really respect what they were able to do for most of that football game. And I think they're going to be in it against every opponent they face. I'm not just going to write off and say Spotswood or is going to roll them because I think Fort has earned enough respect from me that I think they're going to be in those ball games and, and whether they come away with a win or not, we will see, but I think they're going to be in those ball games and I, and it, I love it for those Fort Defiance fans.
0: Yeah. You know, I, When you first said it, I was like, "Mm, I don't know. And then I thought about it some more this weekend, and I looked, and I was like, yeah, I guess Harrisonburg and Spotswood aren't, like, world beaters this year. Maybe maybe Fort can hang in that game. Maybe Fort – and you know what? You don't know. I mean, we were thinking in the fourth quarter, after the second – fumble they forced inside the five yard line i i was i gotta be honest with yeah. you leland i was sitting there going okay well this is just meant to be and Fort Defiance yeah. is somehow going to steal a win here like
1: <laughs> for sure it definitely felt like a you know a movie it was a meant to be situation that they were going to go win this game and i tell you what they come away with that win i don't know who, how i'm going to pick against them this season because i think we're in middle of something special that we all need to get on board 4, but it was a great game even though Fort lost. Rockbridge, you know, made some winning plays and I think they're going to be a tough out for everybody too. And that just really drives home my point that I think the Valley District is just very I mean I think it's going to be hard for teams to be come out of there to be playoff teams because I think they're all going to beat up on each other. I do not see one team running away with it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a wide open district. Uh but you and I have talked about this before uh before this week and I think this week totally solidifies that 6 and 4 needs to be the expectation with Fort Defiance at this point.
1: Yeah, I think yeah and then and, and hope for seven and it's legitimate hope. Like you're not crazy person. Going from one win to six or seven, incredible. I have not seen a jump like that from many teams in the area. So all the all the best to them. Other games in the area, I want to talk more about gap than riverheads here as, you know, very disappointed and I don't want to be negative, but I was disappointed with gap. I, it seemed like Riverheads came out like we expect him to after a loss, especially, and really, you know, came out strong and gap. I, I'm not going to say they rolled over, but I don't know what you call it. I mean, it just seemed like they got hit in the mouth and didn't want to react to it. And I mean, Rivenberg was held to nothing, you know, 20 yards in the game, 10 yards in the first half when it mattered. And no one else has been able to do that. Some good defenses have not been able to do that. So really surprised gap didn't put up a bigger fight.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't at that game. I was relying on scoring updates from you while I was watching the end of the tech game and then crying myself to sleep Saturday, but at least
1: you didn't have to do it around a bunch of UVA fans. I'll tell you that
0: much. Oh, well, okay. We'll talk about them in a minute, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I look, this is the kind of game I think you and I expected riverheads. Maybe we weren't expecting them to beat gap quite like they did but i think you and i both thought riverheads was going to come out with a renewed anger after getting shut out against east rock and they came out they handled their rival buffalo gap who's coming on a short week uh, regardless of the game being moved to saturday it's still a short week for them uh and you know uh,
1: i still expected better for sure yeah
0: i, I think buffalo gap you and I have talked about this multiple times at this point now, uh, off air, but I, I think, you know, and I think I actually might've said this on the podcast last week, fourth place at best for Buffalo gap.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've already lost to Luray. They lost to riverheads. I don't know how you dream of them beating East Rock. So right there is fourth place. And, uh, but they did beat Ari see- Lee
0: that, that happened b- since the last Lee. podcast too.
1: And so Lee might be sitting there behind, uh, all of them. I remember he's sitting fifth, or That's so place and, and you know, them struggling against Stonewall put some worry in you. But it's a weird Saturday. I'm not going to I don't even want to talk about it that much because it's. I don't think it means as much. They're missing Lawler. They got a player removed from the game. I think it was a weird Saturday nooner. So let's see another game or two before we decide Lee is 14 points better than Stonewall. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think gap is sitting in that four spot. And, I you know, it sets up some big games coming up. Riverheads and LeRae come up here in a couple weeks. Uh, Riverheads has to go to LeRae. So I think that that then is going to decide that second, third spot. And, I mean, you, I'm going to expect Riverheads to win because that's what I do. But, you know, I just wonder if some of these teams, the way Gap looked the other day, I wonder if Riverheads has a similar effect on LeRae to where it's, you know, there's some – some impact on them just by getting off the bus to play Riverheads, you know, or just, you know, coming on the field and seeing Riverheads. I, I looked that way this week with Gap. It looked like they just thought they were overmatched from the start.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, Ariely's beat uh, Riverheads last year, so I'm sure they're going to be trying to do I, that again. I, I, I don't know not necessarily
1: that team. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to put them in the same group, but I just wonder about LeRae, a team that Riverheads has beat for a decade straight, you know, that that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you uh, don't know. Uh, Luray lost last year didn't have their best player for that game, so it's I don't know if they would have beaten Riverheads with him, but I think that would have been a different ball game. So I, and Luray is a very well coached team too. I, I would be surprised if Riverheads does to Larey what they did to Gap.
1: I'd be surprised, but I was surprised what they did to Gap, so
0: I'm, yeah.
1: I'm open to being surprised again. Let's talk some college stuff. UVA looked pretty good. Their quarterback seems to be for real. I don't know how great Louisville is, but at least they treated Louisville like a like a worse team. They beat like them 27-3. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we're not used to seeing UVA do that, so, I mean, congratulations to them. They came out, played strong, got up, didn't let Louisville back in the game, and they took care of things, and their quarterback looked good doing it.
0: Uh, this win does put UVA back into bowl game talk, I think. Uh, yeah, comfortably. I think I could see a path to six wins now for them. Um, man, North Carolina, you don't know what to make of them and the ACC either. Boston College had a rough week. Uh, ACC had
1: a rough week. The Big Ten had a rough week last week. And this week, the ACC had a really tough week.
0: I don't think anyone in the ACC looks good.
1: Yeah, Clemson. I mean, even going to the, the young quarterback now, they're uh, um, Bryant coming out of the game and they're going to put uh, – Trevor I forget his last name but the the young the young kid there going into the game I think that's an interesting move there from a team that's a definitely thinks of themselves as a national contender and I think most of the media thinks Clemson's a national contender you know it's surprising that they're taking this quarterback that's already started a year out and putting the younger guy in it'll be interesting to see how that goes for them luckily they're playing in the ACC most of the year so they probably have pretty good success
0: yeah but I mean look uh, and not to harp on it, but Dabo Sweeney took a chance, right? He's like, yeah, this kid started last year, but I don't think he's the best kid on my team right now, so I'm going to go with this other guy who I think's better. I kind of respect. So we'll see what happens. you to try to
1: spin this back to Virginia Tech, and, but you're telling that the second-string quarterback sucks too. So what do you, yeah, what do you want I think, to do? Yeah, because I
0: think his depth chart is upside down at Virginia Tech.
1: I mean, I'm not even – if you want to argue Hooker or, or – Yes, uh,
0: that's what I'm saying. Patterson.
1: Patterson. What about Patterson?
0: Either boy, boy. one, You're I would rather see either one of guys. them. Either one of them, but it'll be
1: interesting. It'll be interesting.
0: Um, this goes to my other point. Alabama's just better than everybody else.
1: Yeah, they are. I, I, I you put this on the notes for us to talk about. I, I don't think anybody's talking about that because it's so obvious. I think. Well, then, just, just hand
0: them the national championship and just have everybody else play for second place because that's a that's a race that I don't know how that would turn out because everybody else is that much further back.
1: I agree. I have no argument with that. I know Alabama gets into some of these games in the SEC. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting when they play LSU, but yeah, it's is
0: it? It's,
1: it'll yeah. I, I I hope it is. After seeing LSU look pretty good against some teams, I, I would hope it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, I'm not arguing with you really. I'm just trying to provide a thought. But yeah, Bama looks. 10 times better. I think they're one through nine. And then someone like LSU or Georgia is coming in at number 10.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I think, I think Ole Miss two weeks ago was ranked and Alabama destroyed them. Uh, Texas A&M plays them and Alabama just rolls them out of the way. I mean, I don't know. Uh,
1: I, one thing I would have liked seeing out of the weekend, I wish Oklahoma could have got, got beat by army. Oh, that would have been that, great. People would have focused on that this weekend, but I would worry about Shane Beamer's uh, mental <laughs> capacity if, you know, his Virginia tech team that, you know, has been part of his life forever. And then his Oklahoma team got beat by army. That would have been a tough night for the uh, Beamer household there.
0: No. I don't want to
1: talk about Beamer. Sorry. It would just been another night. Beamer, Yeah. yeah It'd have
0: been another night in the Beamer household <laughs> on a Saturday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So let's go back to the topic for a minute. I've seen a lot of this with Virginia tech and analyzing their worst losses. What do you think is worst losing to JMU back when they did or losing to ODU this year?
0: I guess it depends on what happens from this moment on, because what made that JMU loss a little more tolerable for Virginia tech fans, me included was after that loss, they rattled off 10 straight wins, won the ACC and then went toe to toe with Stanford for a half before Andrew luck and, Jim Harbaugh totally just put on spanked revision in the second half, which is fine. I totally, that was the one BCS game where I was like, yeah, no, that's cool. Like I totally thought this was what was going to happen from kickoff. So, um, Virginia tech salvaged that year. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, Leland, the, the dismissal of Hill, the fact that now I don't, I look at that defense and I go, I don't know who your best player is now. Uh, and I don't like them. Uh, (laughs) whoever you say, I'm going to be like that, that worries me that he's the best player on the defense. Now, um, your quarterback is Ryan Willis, uh, Duke, Duke, a a team that I was not really worried about before this week. Now I'm totally petrified of, uh, but I don't know how Virginia tech follows up after the ODU loss. And for that reason, I would say this might be a worse loss than that because this is also ODU's first ever win against a power five conference team. Uh, they have had nowhere near this level of success. Somehow they conned you into going into their building, which again, man, does that look like a dumb decision now, but to be fairly lent, I don't care where this game was played. You shouldn't have lost. And that's the thing. I think I would have had more respect. You don't need to like, disrespect ODU but if Justin Fuente in the post-game press conference just came out and said look congrats to ODU but we had no business losing this game we are Virginia Tech from the Atlantic Coast Conference and we just totally embarrassed our entire conference and our fan base for a generation and I apologize if he had said that I would have been like wow thank you at least show us some respect instead of this well you know the players didn't execute
1: I like what Fuente said. Fuente owned it. Fuente said it was on him. He put all the respect over on ODU saying that they, they played the better game. I like what he said. I don't need a coach to, like, overstate things the way Joe Deck does to make me happy. He I can do. just say the facts, and he said the facts, that ODU played better than them, all the credit to them. This wasn't about Virginia Tech playing bad. This was about them playing well. So I respect him. I, I, I do have respect for what he said. I don't need him to – you know, talking hyperbole to get my attention and, like, overstate things that probably – I mean, if he goes as far as saying I've embarrassed the entire ACC, I don't want my coach saying that. Like, do, do the other coaches expect that out of him? That, like, oh, well, you embarrassed us. You should You should admit to it. I mean, that's, uh, that's too much. As for the biggest loss ever, I think the biggest loss is the JMU game. The bigger loss is the JMU game because – that was to an FCS team and not a very good one at the time. They weren't 2004 JMU that won a national title, and they weren't 2016. No, JMU they didn't even go to the playoffs that title. year. They did not go to the playoffs that year. They wet the bed after that game and did not even get there. And, and like I said, we, we turned it up and did better after, but I think that's the worst loss. I think that's the more memorable loss in the end. But we're all, you know, none of this is as memorable to the nation as Appy State losing to Michigan. So I still just don't put this in that category. The JMU game is towards that category. This one isn't. It's embarrassing. It was a team that was ranked 80 places behind them. It's embarrassing, but it's not as bad as the JMU that wasn't even on the, in the same classification, and it wasn't. It wasn't Appy State loss for Michigan. You're shaking your head. I know people I don't can't know.
0: hear that. I I agree. I just. Uh, I hear bad. what you're it's saying. All
1: bad. It's peanut. It's a, It's it's. I mean, it's. So, it's, it's like so arguing bad. just they're which
0: which dirty yeah. diaper smells the worst. I mean, now, it's a dirty diaper either way you look at it.
1: Now let's let's make some of our UVA fans mad at us while we're here, because I was told this week we talk too much positive tech and aren't ever nice about UVA. We're but not beating.
0: We're not losing to UVA.
1: We're not. And let's drive it home. What is worse, this loss or the JMU loss, or your one seed overall in the basketball tournament losing to the last seed in the basketball tournament? (laughs) That's got to be bad. It's got to be that. Everybody's going to talk about that forever. Forever. Eventually people outside of the, especially outside of the state of Virginia are not going to talk about us losing either of those football games, but the nation will always talk about UVA being the first one to lose that game. I still think that's worse. I tried to bring that up in response to people on, on Saturday night. They didn't listen too much, but I, that's just how I feel. I think it's a fact I'm embarrassed about all of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The, the UVA <laughs> loss in the tournament was way worse. And I got news for UVA fans, too, that tried to spin that even after it happened. They're like, well, we still, you know, only lost one ACC game all year and we won the conference tournament and we did this and we did that. And this doesn't define our season. It absolutely defines your season. I'm sorry. Guess who doesn't get to define their own season is you. That's for everyone else to decide what defines your season. And it's that loss. You were the first one seed to ever lose to a 16 in the history of the college basketball tournament. Congratulations on history. It won't be. And this is also why folks say your system will never get to the final four. So next time you think about arguing with people (laughs) saying, saying oh, everyone else is just a hater. We're not just haters. We're trying to help you understand the game of basketball that you are just totally incapable of grasping.
1: I do want to tell UVA listeners before you turn off the podcast and never come back. We will have some guests coming up on the show that are (laughs) tied to UVA basketball, tied to UVA football. Uh, And they'll tell us how wrong we are some writers that uh, cover UVA. We do have some of that plan. So don't give up on us yet. Uh, We're not going to be converted. I'll tell you that much, but we we do want to be a podcast for you too. Uh, But you might just skip this episode uh, (laughs) next time uh, you're listening back. You might not want to listen to this one. Let's look at some more positive stuff. Let's get off the negativity. Volleyball. Uh, you know, Wilson has had an incredible week here. They beat East Rock last week, squeaked it out a five set match. They never went to five sets last year until the state final uh, uh, there against Radford, but they had five sets against East Rock, squeaked it out. They won the first two, and then really, you know, East Rock did what they had to do and they squeaked out a 17 15 decision in the fifth game last week. Now, they beat Fort Defiance this week and split that season series. And, you know, they went to Fort and lost four games uh, or lost in four games. And then this time, Fort comes to them and they lose in four games. You know, Wilson looks primed for another state run.
0: Yeah, you and I have talked about this It seem, seemingly every week. I, I think the volleyball teams in this area, there's more than just Wilson that has it has the potential to make a deep run Uh, and I I think you know right now we're focusing on Wilson because you know they they did it last year and And they
1: just beat Fort, and that's and then Fort's a good team so I mean that's why we're talking about it but I agree I think Riverheads can go deep I think uh, Stewart's draft has had a history of going deep and you and you got other I mean the Valley District is strong in volleyball as well I don't think it's just limited to Fort Defiance so uh, you know we're going to talk some more Waynesboro volleyball coming up but there's a lot of good teams around here there's a big week ahead with Riverheads playing at Draft and East Rock uh, playing at Lee. Those are two big-time Shenandoah matches. And then also this week, you know, we should be seeing results from the Waynesboro-Fort game and then also later Fort playing Spotswood. I know it's Fort-centric there, but those are the, the toughest matchups of the week. A lot of good volleyball. Get out there and listen to it. Interact with us. Tell us what we're missing out there. You know, we haven't been able to make as much volleyball as we've been hoping, you know, Tweet at us on, on Twitter. Uh, it's hard to tweet at us other places. But, you know, let us know what you're <laughs> thinking about volleyball because, you know, we want to know more about it. We're both volleyball fans. But uh, it's been a good season of volleyball, and I think the postseason is going to be a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, we, we, uh, you brief, briefly uh, kind of ran over that. But, yeah, we will be talking to Coach Alshire from Waynesboro next week.
1: Will she say something positive about UVA sport?
0: She does like UVA. That's very well. There we go. We'll give, her, we'll
1: give her an opportunity. That's yeah. our equal opportunity here on the podcast from two tech guys. Yeah. Well, coming up next, we have Angela Mickens. A great interview with her. Find out what she's been up to and uh, some of her thoughts looking back at Lehigh and JMU basketball. Stick with us for that. <laughs>
0: And we have Angela Mickens with us this week on Yak Sports Podcast. Angela, thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, no problem. So, Angela, I wanted to ask you first up. You know, where are you? What are you up to? What's uh, life like for you now?
2: Oh, what's life? Um, i right. Um, right now. I'm in, I'm in Gainesville, Florida. Um, I'm still in school. I'm getting my master's in marriage and family therapy um, through an online program at Liberty University, which is in Virginia. And um, right now I'm an after school counselor for junior and senior sports, so for the older sports group. Very cool. So what? How does
1: basketball play into your life right now? You know, you you grew up playing basketball. You played at JMU.
2: What? How is basketball? What kind of role does it play in your life now? You know, basketball never changes, especially especially with the kids. So the kids the kids are supposed to be in a the junior senior sports. So all I want to do is teach them basketball, basketball, basketball. And, and this is with younger kids. So it's not they, they're not necessarily into basketball like like I was when I was their age but you know being able to teach them how to compete and then teaching them life lessons that I learned from basketball is is what I do on a daily um and yeah that's that's about it (laughs) well
1: you recently you were in the news up here about being inducted to the hall of fame class the 2018 hall of fame class at Robert E. Lee Mm -hmm. what does that recognition mean to you
2: Oh, it's it's an honor, you know. As, as humble as I am, it's definitely an honor. It, it's showing that hard work pays off, and um, and that hard work is always noticeable.
1: Thinking back about your time at Lee, and I'm sure you've done that a good bit lately with going in the Hall of Fame. You know, what are some of the the biggest memories that come to mind? Basketball or not, what are some of the biggest memories you have from being in Stanton and playing basketball for the for
2: the Lehman? Um, non basketball is always the people. The teachers, some of my favorite teachers, still in contact with me. Um, the Powerpuff football game. Huh. I tried to play football when I was a kid, but my dad wouldn't let me. Um, I wish he would have. And then, and then, ba- basketball wise, you know, it's it's the fun memories and the moments that you make with with the girls on the team. Um, the f- funny memories, the sad memories, the going to states four times, legit four times, and. Finally get one on the final game. Um, it's memories like that. That that's that's awesome. Huh sounds great.
0: Okay, Angela. Um, you know, I, I know right before we started, I'll let you know that I went to JMU and so I got actually got to watch you play a lot at JMU and you know, you had a I great did
1: too. I did too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you had a great career at JMU and you know, this area is very proud of what you accomplished. What are some of your favorite moments as a player at JMU?
2: Um it, it still goes back to the girls, you know. Um, I just been blessed with a great group of girls from from high school, all all the way up to college. Um, definitely, definitely a big memory was my sophomore year, making it to winning CAAs, making it to the tournament, tournament at Texas AM and beating Gonzaga. I can still remember a, a picture that they had. And our game plan was to double the post, and I was literally staring at her chest it was nowhere close to the ball, but uh, it was fun, you know, being a big team like that and 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 going to the tournament all those times
0: so you actually got to play with an or coat play under the tutelage of Kenny Brooks, who's another guy from the augusta county area. uh what was that like being able to play for somebody like Kenny Brooks?
2: You know, when we when we first started, we was rough. My freshman <laughs> year was rough. So you know, we had a love hate relationship. But but after after my my freshman year, that was my second dad. Still still to this day, we keep in contact. We text, we FaceTime, we talk to each other. You know, whenever I need life advice, I call him. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's he's always in my corner. And and I'm a fan of Coach Brooks. So they supposed to be coming down here soon. Virginia Tech supposed to be coming down. So. I told him to give me tickets, and, and I'm going to make that game.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So, you know, your relationship with Kenny Brooks, and, and you know, now he's not at JMU anymore. It sounds like it's just as strong, even though he's moved down the road to Virginia Tech.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't care who he's coaching for, you know. He was mine, hey. and so I, I still support him. I, I was able to come to a lot of games.
1: I brought my family to uh, games, and uh, we we were always cheering for you the most because you were <laughs> from Stanton, and and you are you, that was my kids knew that we were cheering for you. Uh, so uh, talk about more of the like any specific memories uh, at JMU playing like the home atmosphere at the Convo and and playing in front of those you know the great fans that really appreciate uh, women's basketball um, at JMU.
2: Oh yeah, uh, the pep Band was fantastic.
1: Um, <laughs> they,
2: they were always behind us, you know. Everywhere we went, they were, and so and so they were they were absolutely fantastic. They made it hard to play at the combo, you know, and and you always knew because when when Christmas tournaments came around and, and so many kids went home and it wasn't as loud as it used to, like we felt it, you know what I mean. The um, Duke Club was absolutely fantastic. Um, they took care of us, they fed us. You know, that they, they, they treated us very, very well. Like it was home, you know. The the fans made that, that mystery of fantastic. It's hard to play in the combo. And still still to this day, going back to see to see my my younger teammates play and stuff. Like it's hard to play. It, it's hard to get a dub. Like, I can still remember when UCLA came into our into our territory and we went into what double overtime, I believe, and we ended up winning that game. And it's hard to play. I don't care I don't care who you are. You're gonna struggle in the combo because that's the atmosphere and and the players is it's tough, but um they were awesome, you know, playing playing every game in front of a home crowd. I was able, my parents were able to come to every home game. They never missed a game, um, a home game, so it it was awesome.
1: So you're saying very high things about the combo. What are what are your thoughts about the new uh,
2: basketball arena that's being built there on campus? I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm very jealous. Like they was supposed, they were supposed to make that before my junior year. Uh, I, I'm excited though. I'm excited to come home, see Coach O and see what he's working with and uh see the beautiful place they call home now.
1: Yeah, it's been very exciting. I know everybody in the area is really excited about it. It'll be fun to to go visit it and you know, hopefully we we'll see you there.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm very excited about coming home to see it.
0: All right. Well, Angela, thanks for joining us again here on Yak Sports. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. Um, and, you know, best of luck in the future, It's uh, especially with school. I know that's tough sometimes, uh, especially trying to do a full-time job and do school at the same time. So best of luck to you there. Braver than I am. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I'm actually going to hop in real quick before we actually get rid of you. We always have a segment in our show where we talk about what we're binge watching or or something funny that's kind of dominating our life. And it doesn't have to be sports related. Do you have any you know binge shows that you recommend for our
2: audience? <laughs> for some weird reason, my girlfriend suggested watching uh, America Horror Stories. And I started yesterday and haven't stopped watching it. Oh, so, that sounds great. That's what I'm watching right
1: now. (laughs) Very cool. And they got the new season starting. So, yeah, we will make sure our listeners will tweet about it, make sure that they know the recommendation coming from Angela Mickens that is American Horror Stories. That's great. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Well, thank you very much for joining us. And we look forward to talking to you again sometime. Oh, no problem. Thank you. All right. Welcome back. And we're going to talk more social stuff, more TV stuff, get off of just sports here for a little bit. And we're going to open it up with starting to talk about high school out there socially. We want you guys to interact with us and send us pictures of your mascots, send us stories about your mascots. And we're talking about the guys in costume running around the field. That's what we want to see. Cause this weekend I saw a horrifying picture of the ba- Buffalo gap bison from the leader, And I want to know what everybody's mascot looks like in costume out there and um, and we'll tell us, we'll tell some stories about it. We'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast, send us something interesting, send us pictures. Joe and I might analyze who has the uh, scariest, who has the uh, the nicest or, you know, like what looks the coolest. Uh, we'll jump into this, but send us stuff So we have stuff to work with. We want to see your mascot, send it to our yak sports, uh, Twitter page, send it to our Facebook page. Uh, you know, email the show. We'll send out it. We'll have information on the description of the show. So you know how to get the information to us. We want to talk about it here in two weeks. So that's your mission. But in the meantime, what's dominating my life? And I'm going to start it off with new show this week manifest. It's on NBC. There's a plane and it just, you know, they land and apparently they've been gone five years it just really reminds me of Lost, which is a show that dominated my life and still does dominate my thoughts. It was such a good show. I enjoyed it the whole way through. I know a lot of people jumped off after you know, they started fast-forwarding instead of uh, uh, rewinding, but I loved that show. I loved the way that show was built. I think they got a little too big for their britches, and that's why the ending went the way it did, but I loved that show. I loved watching it back every so often we, you know, start going on a binge for it and lost is kind of what has dominated my life over the years. What's your experience with lost?
0: Uh, I watched there in the beginning. And then like you said, when they, I was one of the ones that jumped off when they started doing the flash forward stuff, I was like, Oh God, this is weird. And I jumped off. It was
1: weird. It was good. It was good there for a while. I think it, it honestly didn't lose a lot of quality immediately. I think those final two seasons were the rougher ones. All right, what's dominating your life, Joe?
0: Uh, What's dominating my life is something that hasn't dominated my life for quite a few months is the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I kind of gave up on them probably June, July, somewhere in there. Should have been April. Briefly showed up (laughs) for the trade deadline to see what was going on there and then tuned back out immediately. And now they're back. Uh, Adam Jones is going to be playing his last game as an Oriole, or at least it better be his last game as an Oriole uh in this week before we do another podcast um and it's going to be four games against the Houston Astros at Orioles Park at Camden Yards I will be watching those games just to watch Adam Jones final game as an Oriole because even though and we had actually had to cut this from last week just because it was so long so
1: many times
0: I know I, I did tear him up because I just I don't care that he's not playing right now I'd rather see the young guys play especially on the road but here the last series at Camden Yards, I do think the Orioles should play Adam Jones. I think he should play the whole game, and maybe in the last game, just let him play center field one last time. I mean, what's it going to matter uh, if we lose? Who cares? Uh, just just send the guy off. He did do a lot of good things for this franchise. He's not a he's not a part of the future, so you don't need to re sign him or anything crazy like that. But go ahead and give him a proper send off.
1: I mean, play him. I'm not against that. I don't know like how much you know excitement we need to make about him not being an Oriole anymore you know who pays attention to Adam Jones is Oriole fans only like no one else pays attention to him or I think even garners that much respect for him anymore when those stories were coming out about him you know not wanting the trade and everything like no one else was talking about that you were the only person I knew that actually talked about that so like I just think he'll move on and he will go somewhere else and be nothing and you guys are going to get young and I think you guys are going to compete in that division again i i really do i think you have the right fan base you got to get some management in order there but i think you guys are going to turn it up because that division so so competitive that like what toronto did there for a couple years i think you guys can be that i i don't see why you (laughs) can't
0: because of who our owner is
1: well i guess that's the dan snyder argument but I, I just i like baltimore i'm i'm rooting for him how about that i'm pulling for it sure. maybe it doesn't happen but i'm pulling for it okay if, if i had to tell my kid a fan to be it would be an orioles fan just because oh, those, those little
0: so Oriole mean.
1: heads look so good it's so mean it's your so kids terrible. are so nice that hey, is so I'm, mean to
0: do to your kids
1: i'm keeping away from the Redskins, so i'm not completely terrible well joe what do you know that i need to know
0: i'm sticking with the orioles here um this is actually an article that i saw today my friend tagged me in it me and him constantly joke about delman young um delman young is a guy in case you're not familiar did play for the orioles actually brought me
1: the guy kick the catcher no am i thinking wrong i
0: don't think so no <sighs> that wasn't him he did hit a umpire with his bat but he didn't kick him
1: that's what i'm thinking
0: yeah um in the minors. <laughs> in the minors. Yes. In the um, minors,
1: He turned around and hit the
0: umpire. But this is a guy who did bring me the the happiest non-Cal Ripken moment of my fanhood as an Oriole. and especially recently, with that game winning hit against the Tigers in the ALDS. Uh was was actually a game I couldn't even watch live. I had it recorded. I shut down all the alerts, kept everybody away from me that would know anything about the game the entire day came home from working at the boys and girls club watched it. And when, when JJ Hardy slides into home after that double by Delman young, I literally cried. I was like, Oh, this is the greatest thing to ever happen to me as an Orioles fan. <laughs> and other That's than awesome. that, the Orioles totally hated playing Delman young. And my friend and I constantly joked about like, why, what did he do? Well, I mean, he's got some character issues. Um, and this article kind of talks about that. He's currently in Mexico playing in the Mexican Baseball League. Oh, um, right. And, you know, he's, he's said that he has changed. Um, he realizes he's he's been fighting some demons. And this article on Bleacher Report is by Brandon Snead. And I'll make sure I send you the article, the link, so you can share it. It's a really interesting read. It's long. I'm not going to lie to you. It's kind of a long article. But it is well worth the read. It talks about, you know, his uh, history growing up. Why he is the way he is, uh, how he, he fought, he tried to block away with his inner demons and lock it in and keep it to himself and deal with it himself, pushed away family and friends and the adverse effects mm. that that had, uh, a, a problem with alcohol in his life. And so, it, I mean, it, it carries a lot of life lessons that I think other people should read. And, you know, even if you're not a baseball player, um, you know, if you need help, go get it. Don't feel like you got to do it on your own. Um, but. You know, Leland? Well, I won't do it to you. I mean, this thing's starting to run, but I won't do it to you. I was going to bring it back to Tyreek Hill, but I won't do it.
1: Yeah, I don't want any more of that. I want to tell you what I know that you didn't know. I know you know now. The LSU band tore it up this weekend, got in the shape of the Office logo and the perfect lettering and everything and played the Office theme song. They win marching band for the season for me. That was awesome.
0: I know. I hope my neighbors who I actually met for the first time this Saturday watching the Tech game with them, which thank goodness we're still friends. Um, But (laughs) I hope I don't ruin that friendship right now because they're from Georgia. And so they're big Georgia Bulldogs fans. But LSU might be my favorite SEC team after that. That was so cool. When you showed that to me, I was like, oh, yes, LSU, you are so tight.
1: Yeah. And I'll post it so all you can see it if you haven't seen it yet. But it was it was awesome. I love when the band's get attention for doing you know positive cool things not just being weirdos like stanford but you know like doing cool things in the fields and doing like the uh there was like the old video game stuff that i think ohio was doing and i I just love it i think it's so cool And, and at some point uh we are gonna you know go in there with uh we're gonna talk more about bands at some point because we aren't allowed to on Friday nights. <laughs> so we will talk about bands at some point. We we will we have a special guest lined up for it. But uh, oh, this is will. news!
0: I'm excited about that.
1: Hey, it's all it's all planning, man. So, but you know, any cool band stuff out there, make sure we see it too because we will respect it because we we want to be entertained at halftime. We do. We 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 don't want to just go to the concession stand. We want to see a good band.
0: Can I just say? Um... I hear that Fort has the best band in the area. They're the only one I haven't seen, and it's super depressing to me. Wilson's band box
1: is small. It's hard to get us in there. I know.
0: Wilson's band <laughs> is probably the best band I've heard so far. They're really good.
1: And you like Lee a lot, too. I do like band?
0: Lee's band. Lee's band plays some good music that I know. And, and look, yeah. after being a marching band, I get, you know, you're playing a marching show music, and I get the, uh, you know, selection of music isn't always popular music, and that's fine. I'm just saying, when I do hear music I recognize... And it sounds good. Uh, super pumped.
1: I, I'll give respect to uh, Buffalo Gap the other night. They were playing some uh, some music up in the stands, and that was popular music. So I was, I was digging that. Not a whole lot of them there, but they were out there trying. But, yeah, at some point we'll talk about bands. But this week we talked about LSU's band because they gave respect to what you guys have heard in the What's Dominate My Life more than once, The Office and you'll hear it more because we love the office here on the Exports Sports Podcast. Make sure you guys listen to us next week. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a minute. Make sure, you know, if you're liking what you hear, share us. Make sure everybody else is hearing, you know, what uh, Muff Mickens is up to and what our thoughts on Virginia Tech embarrassing our lives is. And uh, make sure you interact with us. Send us pictures and stories about y'all's schools, mascots. And, you know, we we're going to talk about Augusta County, but if you're listening from outside the area and you got something, send it our way. We'll, we'll take a look at it. So, Mascots and listen to us again. That's that's my only request. Joe, what do you got?
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, <laughs> My only caveat, and I know we'll talk about this more next week when we get the social stuff. But man, that Rockbridge mascot was pretty scary looking too. Not as scary, scary. as the Buffalo Gap it one, but it's good two gosh.
1: weeks. It's we got. We're going to give our listeners two weeks to get us information. But oh, yeah. okay, we're going to talk about
0: it in two weeks. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Our
1: personal experiences will weigh in on this because. That that cougar was scary. And I've seen the bison before. The picture of it this week was really caught me off guard.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before we go, I will say this one as a thing of positivity, Leland. I do think Virginia Tech will rebound and probably I don't think they'll win the Coastal now, but they definitely will go to a bowl game. They'll probably win eight games.
1: If I'm going to listen to you tell me that our now quarterback sucks as bad as he does, I have no. We will win in
0: state. spite of him. Be- this is because what you did him.
1: the first week. You, you said like how awful Josh Jackson is, but if we beat Florida State, we're probably in the playoff.
0: Yeah, I'm, because I'm, the I'm, our I'm stopping schedule is to you. so bad. You're
1: losing credit with me. You're losing credit. With Don't me. worry.
0: When Ryan Willis goes out and lays an egg against Duke, I'll be here.
1: Everyone come back next week. Listen to how crazy Joe is again. See ya. <laughs>